Greetings. We are deep in the holidays now. We are. It is. We're, what, like a week out from Christmas, I guess, as we're recording this? I don't know. I don't know what day it is. No, me neither. (laughs) I have entered my time off work, except it hasn't really felt like time off work because I'm finishing up a big freelance project and I am getting on a plane tomorrow. Nothing feels real. I think I finished my holiday shopping. I'm not positive, though. I did because I am only getting gifts for Ryan this year. Well, and you, but we already did that. Oh, really? Oh, that worked out. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, da- your dad gets Margaritaville. Yeah, yeah, my dad gets Key West. Uh, so that's his Christmas gift for the next like five years. Yeah, that's a good one. You're covered. Um, Christmas and, and birthday for the next like five years because that's very expensive. And yeah, usually I just like Venmo my cousins and my brother 50 bucks and call it a day. Oh, that's nice. They don't get me anything, though, which is kind of fucked. Stop Venmoing them. Yeah, I I might. This might be the year that I stop because I'm like, okay, everyone has graduated from college now. We're all adults. I'm not just going to give y'all money and get nothing in return. Yeah. Katie's family, if you're listening, start Venmoing her back. The same $50 back and forth. Yeah, 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 exactly. Or just give me a little something. It doesn't have to be $50. I'm still the oldest, and I make the most money. I don't know. My brother might make more money than me. Don't give him $50 this year. Yeah. Jacob. If you're listening, you're not- Give me a gift. You're not getting $50. I'm sorry to tell you. No, I don't know. I just feel an obligation since I'm the oldest sister, oldest cousin. Like, I feel an obligation to, like, help them out. Yes, I understand. This year is the first year I'm like, I feel like, oh, I'm really like making money now. Right. And so this year for Hannah, I'm just taking her shopping so she can get some clothes that she needs. But also, I have no time. Yeah. Because I am so busy working. Yeah. So shout out to Hannah, who has taken all of the Christmas burden of coming up with things. And I just funded them. Yeah. Yeah. Which was a good a good partnership because Hannah is crafty and has the resources to be crafty. I am not, yeah. but I have the money to help buy supplies. Yeah, what I might do is just um, I know my dad always gives my cousins money, and so maybe I'll just Venmo my dad like half of what he gives to my cousins, and then be like, "This is from both of us." I get lucky in that our family like does name draw, so I don't have mm. to buy for everybody. So I got. Griffin, my little cousin this year, who is nine, and I thought it was going to be so easy because I was like, oh, I bet he still loves Lego. Right. Great. Lego or like- can go to the Lego store. Hot Wheels or whatever, yeah. No, you know what he wanted? He's not going to listen to this. Uh, I hope not. My nine-year-old cousin. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, please don't. (laughs) If you're under the age of 18, please get off this podcast. Actually, under the age of like- 16, probably. Yeah. Uh, this episode is especially very clean. Yeah. Anyway, you know what Griffin wanted? He wanted an Aviator Nation trucker hat. Oh, my God. I know. I bought it for him, and I kept asking Caroline, my, my 13-year-old girl cousin, who I would have absolutely known what to get for, what Griffin wanted. And she was like, maybe a PlayStation game or Tic Tacs. So I guess I'm going to get some Tic Tacs. That's also. cute. That's funny. Whatever. Whatever. I th- his life was simpler when he just really loved Lego. Right. So we read a chaotic book. I We say this a lot where a lot happens, but nothing happens. This book was the truest sense of that phrase. You know what it kind of felt like? You know those like... Not on a big, not on a super big scale, but like the ensemble movies like Love Actually or like Mm. Valentine's Day where it's like a lot of different mini stories. Yes. Like multiple kind of love stories going on at the same time. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It was that, but like with slightly fewer people. Yeah. But man, lots going on. So we read Three Holidays and a Wedding. Which I keep calling in my brain three weddings and a holiday which is not what it is <laughs> that would be a perhaps a good book also yeah this the sequel should be three weddings, three weddings and a holiday. holiday which holiday fourth of july <laughs> they're uh, no they're not canadian sorry halloween halloween <laughs> three halloween weddings yep and it's it's a, a dual author Book. So it's Marissa Stapley, whose books I've I haven't read before. 
But apparently she's a journalist, according to the little blurb in the back. Cool. The little author bio. Marissa, come on the pod. Yeah. And then um, Uzma Jalaluddin, who I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Sorry to you, Uzma. But I have read two of her books before, Aisha at Last and uh, Hannah Khan Carries On. Both I enjoyed a medium amount. I was like, that was good. Yeah. It wasn't like my favorite ever, but like good. So yeah, so they wrote, I learned in the back of the book because there's like a little like author Q&A that they each wrote one of the perspectives. Oh, I had assumed that. Mm-hmm. Nice to have it confirmed because I assume Uzma wrote Mariam's perspective. Yes. And then Marissa wrote Anna's. Yeah, I mean, I, they didn't explicitly say which perspective they wrote, but one would assume. It would be strange if it was the other way around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what exactly. a writing exercise that would have been. Truly. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, wait. I was completely wrong. I forgot that I found this out like late last night, and it was like a fever dream, but I highlighted it. Marissa Stapley also co-writes with someone else under the pen name Maggie Knox. Who wrote The Holiday Swap, which we hated, <gasps> and All I Want for Christmas, which I read last year and I liked. Ooh. So I have read Marissa Stapley's work before. Interesting. I know, isn't it? Holiday Swap, not a book I read. No, no. Read you, 50 yeah. pages. Yeah, yeah. It was not. I finished it, but I did not have a good time. I really did enjoy All I Want for Christmas, though. Nice. I I was very pleasantly surprised. So yeah. Anyway. Let's talk about the book. (laughs) So this book takes place in 2000, which I found very interesting. Yeah, I thought this premise was really cool. Yeah. Where it was like, I assume the most recent year that this happened, and that's why they picked 2000, because it seems very specific. But it was the year that Hanukkah, Ramadan, and Christmas all overlap. I also looked this up in the, um, it's in the like kind of author Q&A thing after, Mm -hmm. after the book, and that is why they chose that year because it did align but they did say they did say that they had to take some creative liberties with the exact like they shifted some of the exact dates mm, interesting so it's not the exact it's like i don't remember the exact dates but it's like oh it was like the 26th instead of the 29th or or what whatever it was mm-hmm. they shifted it by a few days mm. but otherwise 2000 was a year that they did all align so it opens in the Denver airport, the mm-hmm. scariest airport in the world. Yes. Which they do not mention Blucifer. Did Blucifer exist <laughs> at this point? He must have. I think so. Yeah. He must have. I think have. he's been around for a while. Right. The giant blue horse for those who have never been to the Denver airport. Who murdered his creator. Yeah. Google that if you haven't heard it. It's crazy. Yeah. No mention of Blucifer in this book. But. Yeah. So Mariam and her family, it's her parents, her grandfather and and her sister yeah her sister's meeting them there they're all flying to toronto for her sister's hastily planned wedding yeah and then the other perspective is anna who is flying to toronto to visit her fancy rich boyfriend's fancy rich family for the first time but she is on a different flight than him because she had to like take care of some work stuff yeah, he before had, like, leaving, he had like booked it forever ago, so she couldn't like get on his flight or something like that. So. Yeah, because they've only been dating for like six months or something. So like, I guess he had already planned it. Plus, she has this like crazy boss, and so she has to work like the morning before she goes to the airport. Yeah, she worked at a she works at an interior design magazine or something like that. Denver decor, I don't know. Sounds like rich people stuff. Yeah, um, but she had to finish that. And I was like, huh, that sounds accurate. Golden Age of Magazines. They had a bunch of money then. Right. So right. I was like, all right, good for her. Right. So yeah, so they're both everyone's trying to get to Toronto, but there is a storm because it's like mid December. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like around this current time when they're flying. <laughs> it's like the eighteenth or nineteenth or something. That's nice. Yeah. I get on a plane tomorrow. Yeah. So they there's this like crazy winter storm. Mariam and Anna like meet briefly in the airport and they have like a cute exchange. No, Anna does not make a good impression. Right, right. But like it's cute at first and then it's bad. Then it devolves yeah. <laughs> into 
oh, Anna, please stop talking. Yeah, Anna's just kind of like nervous and neurotic and just like saying the wrong thing. Yeah, and then Mariam is trying to like herd cats that are her family. Yeah, she's like in charge of her entire family at the airport, which is just as stressful as it sounds. Yep, eldest daughter. Yeah, so they it like they have like a cute moment at first and then Anna very quickly annoys Mariam. Um, and then they end up seated together on the plane. Mm-hmm. And so there's this crazy storm. They're like trying to get out of Denver like as fast as possible. They hit turbulence on the plane because it's like stormy as fuck. And Mariam and Anna have like this moment where they're just like confessing all of their like yeah. deepest, darkest <laughs> secrets to each other because they think they're going to die. And I don't know who of our lovely listeners has seen the the excellent film uh, Josie and the Pussycats, but that's what I was thinking about this entire time. It also happens in Almost Famous where there's like the plane almost crashes and well, in Josie and the Pussycats, spoiler, the plane does crash. Yeah, important plot point. But in Almost Famous, the plane almost crashes and they're like doing the same thing, like confessing their deepest, darkest secrets to each other. But the whole time I was just thinking, does your means crash position? Does your means crash position? <laughs> um, of those two films, I've only seen Josie and the Pussycats. And which that, is very funny. And I saw it last year because of you. Yes, it's a great movie. Great, excellent movie. Yeah. So yeah, they have this moment, but then everything ends up being fine. Well, not fine, but they don't crash. Yeah. Mariam um, confesses that like she's not happy in her life. She wants to be a writer and she's still in love with her childhood crush, Safe. Who's like a family friend. Yeah. Uh, and also she saw him in the airport because yes. he's going he's also going to this wedding. Yeah. And presumably is also like on this flight, but we don't know Somewhere. where right yeah. now. <laughs> we don't know where. Anna confesses that. She's also not happy. Yeah. And she talks about her dad who had passed away a couple years ago. And I think a little bit about her stepmom who has like since remarried very quickly. Uh, she had seen an engagement ring also in Nick Kardashian's suitcase. Right. And I think she like, I don't remember exactly what she says, but I think she like kind of vaguely alludes to like that not being yeah, but, ideal for her either. But she's kind of like, maybe I should get married because she, she truly kind of has no family. Right. Unfortunately. Right. So she's extra excited to go visit her terrible boyfriend Nick's family because she can be with a family for the holidays for the first time in a long time. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, the plane does not crash. Right. But it does get rerouted <laughs> to um, Rockport. To, to Rockport. Well, first it gets rerouted to like Ontario and yeah. then then it gets rerouted to an even smaller, even farther away from Toronto place. Rockport, which is maybe a real place. We don't know. We're not Canadian. Rockport, Texas, right? <laughs> it does exist in Texas, but yeah. I don't think that's the one. That one's a beach. Yeah. So they land in this like presumably small town airport. Both family, both Anna and Mariam's family are like trying to figure out how they're going to get to Toronto. Obviously, Mariam's sister is like freaking the fuck out because like, like, weddings are like 10 days long or whatever for them and so there's like a series of events mm -hmm. that are supposed to start happening in very quick succession so everyone's trying to figure out how to get to toronto but surprise no rental cars because everyone is renting them and the snow is like three feet deep or something right so you couldn't drive even if you wanted to right anna's luggage is lost because she was trying to not check a bag and then had to gate check it which is truly the worst when you go through the trouble of trying to carry on only and then end up having to check it anyway. I know. This is like also my worst fear. Like she watches it fall off the luggage cart out of the window. <laughs> but also like, why did she flag somebody down? Right. Like, like tell someone. They have, I would presume they have like walkies. See something, say something. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so her luggage is gone. She's wearing like a business casual dress she's wearing like a cocktail <laughs> gown yeah. and manolos yeah. the ones that carrie bradshaw gets which i do want to fact check if those were available in 2000 because they're the ones that she gets in the movie the blue mm. ones with the silver buckle that she wears at the wedding you know i've never really seen an episode of sex in the city but i've seen that movie like 20 times that's interesting mm -hmm. so she has no clothes for winter weather no this poor girl which like i still want to be warm on a plane also, if you're carrying on your luggage, 
you do not have room in that bag for a winter coat, which presumably you have brought to Canada with you. So why does she not have a coat on her person? This is a great question. Plot hole. Plot hole. (laughs) Everyone knows that if you're carrying on only your luggage, you keep your outerwear with you Mm -hmm. because it's one of the largest things. Just like how I never put my docks in my baggage because they are big and they take up space. So I wear them on my feet. Yes. I rented this very – so I'm going to New York this week, dear listeners, and – I rented, uh, call me for a newly coat. I rented <laughs> a very long, like, puffy coat because it's cold in New York. Mm-hmm. And now I am like, ah, shit, this is my personal item yep. because it is puffy and long. It doesn't count. A coat doesn't count as a personal item. Oh, does it not? No, only bags. But I am also like, how the fuck am I going to, like, put this on the plane? It is large. Just wear it on. And then take it off and shove it under your seat. Yes, I will board my flight in Houston where it is 70 degrees in my very long puffy coat. One less thing to carry. You but are yeah, correct. coats don't coats don't count as no, a No, no, no. I'm not putting it in my suitcase. Absolutely not. Yeah, no, I'm just saying they don't count as a personal item. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Only bags. Okay, where were we? Yeah, so they land in Rockport. The closest like actual town is Snow Falls. Snow Falls. Yeah. So they all manage to get to Snow Falls. Mariam and her family immediately go to the inn that looks like it's out of a Hallmark movie, but it's also getting halfway renovated. Yeah. And like apparently the inn knows they're coming and has like set, they're like the place that all of the relocated people are going. And I'm like, this must be a big fucking inn. Right. But I- maybe not that many planes rerouted to this small airport. But I would imagine a Denver to Toronto flight is pretty full. It's right. like a commercial flight. Right. And there's still like, I don't know how many people are on a plane. Like more than 100 people are on a plane. Right. Like I'm thinking of plane crashes of death trolls. Usually it's like 230. Right. Yeah. So like how how fucking big is this in? Yeah. Even a smaller plane, it's probably at least 100 people. Yeah. At least. Yeah. Plot hole. Plot hole. <laughs> Maybe some people do stay the night in the airport, though. Maybe so. You know, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. They all end up at this inn. Anna first goes to this bar, though. Yes. What's it called? It's uh, wait, it's a pun. Oh, shit. Something with beer. It's the most wonderful time of the beer. Yes. Is the name of the pub. Uh, or the most wonderful time for a beer or some something like that. Something that is Christmas themed because this town exists in a snow globe yeah and i know it's the most wonderful time something something beer i just don't remember the exact format of the name meets a very cute very charming man while they're watching the toronto maple leafs game the bar is run by twins that are both fans of opposing hockey teams it is the on the ontario whatever the ontario team is senators yes and then the the toronto maple leafs and one of the twins is like, when the Leafs score, you get a free apple cider. And the other guy's like, when the Senators score, you get a free apple cider. And I'm like, you guys are losing money. And they're giving shit away. Yeah. <laughs> this place does not run on currency. Right. So Anna was born in Toronto, so she grew up a Maple Leafs fan. So she's sitting there watching the game, meets this guy. She's like, man, he looks so familiar. Must just have one of those faces. <laughs> He tells her his name is Josh Tannenbaum, which a Tannenbaum is a fucking Christmas tree in German. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> um, like, the, like, oh, Christmas tree, yes. the German version is I oh, Tannenbaum. Can't believe I didn't catch that. Yeah, that that uh, that's my seven years of, of German coming in handy. He carries her home. Yeah, like like um, fireman carry style. Not, I was like, I don't know, piggyback might have been better, but I guess she is wearing a cocktail dress. Yeah. Oh, yeah. True. She can't flash everybody. Right. But I am also like, girl, that's she's freezing. This yeah. poor woman. Yeah. And she has no stuff. No stuff. No coat. What's that meme of the possum where it's like, I'm very small and I have no money? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly. Her. That's her. So yeah, she makes it to the end. She gets, like, the shitty, like, water stage room. Yeah, she's, like, the last person there. So she's, like, the the innkeepers are, like, sorry, your room's in the middle of being renovated. No room at the inn. Right. It's still nice. Like, her room is still nice. It's just, like, a little. The bed is Like, the comfy. bed is nice. Yeah. Like, 
it's just a little a little rough rough and ready as paul hollywood would say rough and ready (laughs) (laughs) there oh and then we also learned somewhere around this part that Mariam's childhood crush was sitting behind her on the plane. Oh, uh, yes. Sorry. We forgot to mention that very important plot point. Yeah. And so he heard her confessing to Anna that she was still in love with him, which is fucking humiliating. I would die. I would die. Also, Mariam knows he was sitting behind her. She got up and saw him. Right. Exactly. Like, as they were getting off the plane, she was like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. So... I'd stay in the airport. Yeah. And so pretty early on, like, they run into each other at the end, and he makes some kind of joke. He's like, I didn't hear anything. Wasn't that crazy? And she's like, shut up. Yeah. Yes, you did. And he's like, he makes some joke, and Mariam's like, well, now he's just fucking making fun of me. That's rude. And, yeah. like, takes it super personally. So, yeah, everyone's not doing great. But they live here now. Yeah, they're apparently <laughs> stuck in this, which, like... We're from Texas. Obviously, we know how snow and ice fuck things up here. I do not know if it is, like, reasonable that this much snow, like... Shuts down the entire country of Canada. Exactly. But, you know, I mean, Canada has a working power grid. (laughs) Also true. They have the infrastructure for for big snow, whereas we we don't. We don't have the infrastructure for tiny snow. (laughs) Nope. No snow. God forbid there's ice. Oh. So I I don't know how reasonable it is that this entire country comes to a screeching halt for like a week. More than a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but whatever. There's no phone service either. No. Which like that part I was like, okay, it's 2000. Like, part, yeah. So no one has cell phones either. Anna does have a cell phone, but it dies. And yeah. Of course, it's not like the era where everybody has an iPhone. Exactly. Where you can you just, can't just share phone chargers. Yeah. Can't scrounge one up wherever you go. Right. And I imagine the cell service is just generally not good in 2000. Probably not. I didn't have a cell phone in 2000. Neither did I. I was three. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I think I got one when I was 12, which would have been in like. 2003. Mm, interesting. But it was like one of those little, it was the Nokia brick phone and it was like a prepaid, like just for emergencies kind of yeah. situation. So it was like- For playing Snake. <laughs> <laughs> My dad had that Nokia brick phone and he also had Snake and he had this game where it was like, you take care of a cat and if you don't take care of him, like- Like a was, Tamagotchi? Kind of. Did you say Tamagotchi? Yeah. Is that how it's said? Tamagotchi? Tamagotchi? I thought it was Tamagotchi. It's probably Tamagotchi, but I grew up with a fucking redneck. Tamagotchi. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, but when the cat would get mad after you wouldn't feed it for a couple days, he would like run away with a little hobo sack on him. Oh my God, I remember this game. Yeah, right? Yeah. You just like unlocked a memory for me. Hannah and I- That was on my phone too. Yes, Hannah and I would play it and you would see him like run away in the little night with the little stick with a bandana. With a bag on it, yeah. (laughs) Wow, I forgot about that. A core memory for me, playing on my dad's brick phone, which he kept way too long. I that I believe. Yeah, you've met my Joe. poppy. Still has a flip phone. That that I yeah old. And people. he tries to be on the internet on it, and we're like, yo, you can't see. <laughs> You're eighty. His little point five font. Exactly. <laughs> You're eighty three years old with this T nine. Get touch. a normal phone, get, Poppy. We can get you an iPhone. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no no cell service in Snow Falls. There's like a payphone which Anna uses to call her terrible boyfriend. Her terrible boyfriend who continues to be terrible and is like blaming her for this and like never asks if she's okay. Damn, Jackie, I can't control the weather. Yeah, and we find out later on in the book that he has access to a private jet. And I'm like, why didn't you send it earlier? Why was this like the last ditch scenario at the end of the book? I don't know. I mean, I got I got a lot of questions about how they obtain their money and how much money they have, because I guess they have Taylor Swift PJ money. Evidently so. Maybe I don't think they own the PJ, but they have access to the PJ. Ah, uh, yes. Just a timeshare. Exactly. You can you can like book a private plane for like fifteen k or something like that. Ah, just pocket change. Yeah, I recently went down this like internet rabbit hole, 
because I recently followed that Taylor Swift Jets account on mm-hmm. and then I got really I don't know I went through a whole I looked at I watched YouTube tours of the insides of what those jets look like because mm-hmm. I was curious because I know we saw the one in Miss Americana mm-hmm. part of the inside of that one so I want to see what the rest looked like and then I looked a tour looked at the other one and now I'm on um private plane YouTube Oh, um, for a while I was on fancy RV YouTube. I like fancy RV YouTube. Yeah. Um, so now I'm kind of on both, but I keep watching them accidentally from the work YouTube account. (laughs) 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 And so the, but I'm like, it's only me and like two students that actually use it. Sorry. I went down. (laughs) So it's like John and Hank Green, like John Prine live performances and Jason Isbell live performances private planes and RVs and like Sims playthroughs. <laughs> I'm like, God, it's a good thing that I don't have like much weirder YouTube habits. This is the Katie starter pack. <laughs> For real. <laughs> and it's a lot of Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously it's like Taylor Swift instrumental you know, 15 hours on a loop for when I'm working. hip-hop Taylor beats for studying, too. Exactly. Or it's like there's one that's like a piano version of Midnight's, but it's a Pomodoro timer. Mm. So it plays 20 minutes of music and then beeps for a five-minute break and then 20 more minutes of music. Does that work for you? Mm Mm-hmm. I've never tried it. Mm Mm-hmm. That's actually one of the reasons that my therapist diagnosed me with ADHD because I was telling her about these like ha- – the, I do like that and I do like time blocking on my calendar mm. where I'm like from 9 to 10 a.m. I do emails from, you know, whatever it is. And that was – those two things were two of the things that she was like, you know, these work really well for people who have ADHD. And I was like, oh, word. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, how interesting. New information. New information. Anyway, so yeah, I ended up on PJ YouTube, which is a fun place to be. It's like the Architectural Digest <laughs> videos, but but for private jets. Ooh. Yeah, it's good. Anyway, so her boyfriend is a dick. They're stuck at this inn. And after this, it's just like they're just living at this inn in this town. They get really involved with the town really quickly. They're dicking around and just like running around going. I have so many questions about the population of this town, how it has the infrastructure to host this many specialized Christmas businesses, but it seems like only 10 people live there. Yeah, exactly. We don't meet that many townies. No, Um, not a lot of townies. And also, like, I love that they just kind of acknowledge that this town is very weird because they're, like, a bu- it's, like, very culturally diverse. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, a moment in the book that they're, like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And so, because that's what I was thinking, too. I was, like, this would never happen. No. And so it was kind of, like, it, it almost felt like a breaking the fourth wall moment yeah. for me when they were, like, this type of town shouldn't exist. And I was like, exactly. <laughs> it, yeah, it's it's like living in a in a fever dream a little bit. Right. It kind of feels like the Wizard of Oz almost. Right. As they go from like little town to little or little business to business or yeah. whatever. It's, it's, yeah. We also have kind of, there, there were rumors about this sequel of a Hallmark Christmas movie called Heartline, which wasn't that the channel in... The porn one. No, it's heart something else because I just read the sequel. It's not It's not the same, but it's close. It's very close, yeah. yeah. It, it's the Hallmark Channel. Yeah. But they're shooting a sequel to this Christmas movie and it's like no one knows where it's being shot because it's super secret and super high profile. Nora Ephron is writing it. Yeah, writing the sequel. <laughs> for the Heartline Channel. Yeah, I was like, Times God, are tough Nora for Ephron, Nora. <laughs> jump scare. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, apparently the first movie like kind of transcended Hallmark movie level and got like actual critical acclaim. So Nora yeah. Ephron is on to write the sequel. Uh, I, all of this book exists outside of reality. Yeah, exactly. And the the owners of the inn are very like wink winky about it where they're like, oh, we had a lot of rooms booked out. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this movie is being filmed there. And so the movie cast and crew is snowed in also. This film is being produced by, like, five people, apparently, it yeah. seems. They had a last-minute call for extras. 
whatever. They're um, able to still shoot this movie despite there being snowmageddon going on. Exactly. So it will surprise none of you to find out that the reason that Anna recognized the handsome man at the bar is because he is the movie star. It's Chase Taylor. Yeah. Who's the, and that's his stage name, basically. So his name really is Josh Christmas Tree. Yep. Anna bonds with Mariam's grandpa, who is the best character in the book. Easily. Obsessed with him. I love him. He's like the Jiminy Cricket of the book, where yeah. he's just hanging out in the living room of and the inn. spouting, like, wise advice. <laughs> And he was like a Bollywood director? Yeah, he directed like 150 Bollywood films or something like that. Yeah, and he's just like very flamboyant. I'm rewatching Friends and he reminds me of Alec Baldwin's character when he shows up and he's just like, <laughs> he's just isn't like, this everything marvelous? Is great. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah right. he's just like sitting in the lobby watching movies. Yeah. One of which is the the first Hallmark movie with Chase Taylor in it, and Anna watches it with him, and is like, "Oh, that guy's that guy looks really familiar." And I'm like, "You dummy!" <laughs> Apparently, the man from the bar. He's like Clark Kent, and as soon as he grows a beard, nobody can. No tell one what knows he who he is. <laughs> Puts his glasses on. Oh no! <laughs> so so she finds that out. She also like gets in a fight with Nick and says that she wants a break. Which, lol, rewatching Friends. And then we get that reference later on in the book. She has a she has the Rachel. Yeah, she has the yeah she has the Rachel hair. Yeah, and then there's also later on in the book when Josh finds out that oh like God. she was on a break with Nick. He was like like in Friends. Yes, you're right. <laughs> I forgot about that one. Or no, I like clocked it, but I clocked it of like oh this book's set in present day, and no, it's set in 2000. Yeah, so that makes it even so funnier. that episode might have like very recently aired over the pa- friends premiere in 1994 so it yeah. would have been like six years yeah it would have been earlier i guess yeah but still yeah still very of the time right yes a timely reference again i'm re-watching friends right now so all of my trivia is coming back yeah yeah so that's what anna's up to mariam is like still like mainly just corralling her family for like this entire middle section of the book. Yeah, Saima's fr- obviously freaking out because all of the wedding stuff has just fallen apart. She's also the, throughout this whole book too. They're celebrating Ramadan, so they're mm-hmm. fasting, and so that provides some challenges of like they're in the middle of nowhere, Canada. Right. So they have to get food at like 5 a.m. or whatever before the fast and then make sure they have food when they break their fast. And it's like, there's a lot of time in the book devoted to Mariam figuring out how to feed her family. Yeah, exactly. But great thing is that there are like tons of Muslim people in this small town to help her out. There's like three separate restaurants that are... That, like, serve food that they can eat, basically. Yeah, again, I have so many questions yeah. about the population of this show. There's a Jewish bakery. There's there's all, there's all everything. It has but, everything. Again, this town does not operate on currency. I think they just, like, trade little wooden coins back and forth, <laughs> like, favors. Monopoly money. <laughs> Monopoly money. They don't have to pay rent. Yeah. So that's that's going on. She like keeps having these run-ins with with Safe with her childhood crush who she's like now kind of beefing with because he was laughing at her and she's embarrassed and she's just like I don't have time for this. Yeah, she's like I'm I'm doing too much right now. Leave me alone, I'm man. I'm busy, dude. Yeah. Then he ropes her he like knows she wants to be a writer and introduces her to this Christmas play. The holiday hoopla. And they're like, we need someone to write the play. It is four days before Christmas. Yeah. This place is (laughs) not organized. And we're in the middle of like what seems to be like a bit of a natural disaster. But but snow falls. Everyone, everything's chill. Yeah. Anyway, so. No one can leave, but you can check out any time you like but you can never leave <laughs> so mariam decides to write this play loosely inspired by a christmas carol except instead of three ghosts it's three hosts and each of the three are talking about christmas hanukkah and ramadan so it's like this multicultural holiday hoopla <laughs> and then they get they get Chase Taylor to star in it, which like, damn, big get. I know, because he's Jewish. He's Jewish. And then Safe, 
wants to be an actor. Conveniently. Conveniently. But didn't they say early in the book that like the reason they're family friends is because his parents were also involved in like Bollywood films? Oh, did they? I think I think so. I may have missed that part. Yeah. I could have that wrong, but I feel like I feel like that's why he wanted to be an actor. Okay. You might be right. So he wants to be an actor, so he gets the Ramadan lead. There was a big pool of auditions. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's uh, Anna gets roped into doing the set design and apparently is like an interior design extraordinaire. Yeah, which I guess makes sense because she's, like, been into it since she was a kid. Right. And, like, works at this magazine and stuff. So, like, that tracks. But then she ends up being, like, secretly brilliant at it. And, like, to the point that the director of this Christmas movie, or someone involved at the Christmas movie is like, do you want to work for me (laughs) at the end of the book? And I'm like, oh, my God. This is crazy. It really is like a Hallmark m- movie. This town is just the Warner Brothers lot. Yeah. <laughs> so they go to all these different stores. My favorite one is the um, the curio shop. Ah, uh, yes. Where the 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 shopkeeper is basically like, if you need me, just yell to me and tell me what you're near. And I will come find you. It's like uh, Mrs. Kim. Yes, exactly. And it's like, yeah, we're standing near the like, what does Josh say at one point? Is that like a life-size brass cast? In in yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's very funny. Someone gives Anna a a love potion number nine perfume. Yeah. Everyone's just giving Anna shit. Yeah. Again, no concept of money in this t- Absolutely not. You know, if you kind of read this book like a horror movie, <laughs> like a Hotel California situation, it's a little creepy. It's a little spooky. Because, yeah. yeah, they just keep giving our stuff. Yeah, and everyone's like, you don't need to pay for that. <laughs> creepily nice. Yeah. So, yeah, what what other shenanigans? Uh, they become extras in the movie. Yeah. Dadu charms everybody at the movie. Unsurprisingly. Uh, unsurprisingly, but I also am like, this old man is probably really getting in the way of their work. Yeah. I love him, but he's just like camped out on set. Yeah, they just- give him like a director's chair. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, he's in charge now. Yeah. What else happens? There's there's a lot of visiting of all the various tiny shops and cafes and restaurants. Like Josh shows Anna this Jewish bakery. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, they throw Saima a Mendy party. Yes, yeah. They get all the supplies for like henna and Mariam like tries to teach Anna how to dance. Yes. Which doesn't work. No. But it's a lot of like, I actually learned a lot about Ramadan in this book. I did too. Because like Mariam is like educating Anna on like what they do. Yeah. I learned a little bit about Judaism, but a lot of it I feel like I already knew. Yeah. I don't think I learned too much more about Hanukkah that I didn't know. Yeah. 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 Same. Although it was fun to read this in the same weekend that I that I lit my first menorah. Oh, yeah. That was very nice. We had our, our gal's holiday party on Friday, mm-hmm. and two of our friends are Jewish, and so they brought a menorah. And we got to light it. Unfortunately, we mistimed, and we thought the holiday party landed on the eighth night of Hanukkah. It turns out we were all wrong. Right. But well, we just celebrated a day late. Yeah. So we and still- And we lit all the candles. It was very funny. It was very funny, and we had really excellent latkes um, made by our friend Kelsey. Yes, it was. It was really cool. It was really cool. So, so it was fun to read this book fresh off the heels of doing that. Yes. Yeah, I did. I did learn quite a bit in this book. What What else? What else do we do in this book? Uh, you You just gotta know shenanigans ensue. Yeah, there's there's a rumor that Josh and his co-star are dating and they're like spotted around town canoodling in various capacities. We we later find out that it's a PR relationship. Yeah, she's been with her high school boyfriend for like forever. Yeah. Which I'm like, somebody would know this already. Right. But like the two of them are dating basically to stop people speculating about their dating lives. Yeah. More or less. So that's obviously kind of the barrier for Josh and Anna, like, 
being together, like Anna being like still sort of wrapped up with Nick and then whatever this is that Josh is doing with his Mm co-star. Mariam and Safe are like, Safe is like kind of pursuing her and Mariam is just like kind of emotionally stunted. Yeah, so we find out that Mariam has been divorced for a few years, that she had gotten married to a guy that she met in pharmacy school and then he cheated on her. And so she's a little banged up. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like very mistrusting of Safe's intentions. Yes. And she also heard a rumor that Safe had a girlfriend, but he was, he ends up basically being like, yo, you can't believe our like extended family friend circle rumor mill. She takes way too long to ask him. Yeah. Way too long. But she's got other priorities. She's like full time dealing with her insane sister. That's true. Simon's. A little, a little frantic, which yeah. again, understandable. Then we later learn, like much later, toward the end of the book, that the entire reason that she planned her wedding for during Ramadan, which is like something Mariam is upset with from the beginning of the book, because she's like, why would you do this during Ramadan? Like, this is just too chaotic. And like, yeah. can't we just focus on one thing? She's like, I did it for you so you would have something to do. And Mariam is like, what the fuck? I know. <laughs> this pissed me off. Okay, let's backtrack a little yeah. bit. So we kind of like a reach in act three of sorts. Yeah. And this is where actual things happen. Yeah, this is where the plot. Yeah. The middle part is shenanigans. It's shenanigans. <laughs> the final act is stuff. Stuff. Yeah. So Saima finds out that, <laughs> which is... Saima finds out that Mariam has gotten involved in the town holiday hoopla and is real pissed. Yeah, and she's ba- Saima's basically like, you're supposed to be dedicating all of your time to me and my problems. My wedding is falling apart and yeah. you are writing a Christmas play and Mariam's like, it's not just Christmas. Which like, Saima kind of has a point, but also Mariam does not need to be spending her entire life and all of her free time just doing shit for her family. Right. I I am having trouble taking something called a holiday hoopla seriously. Right. Is it really taking up that much of her time? Probably not. Probably not. Espe- also, what else are you going to fucking do? You're stuck in this town, apparently indefinitely. You live there now. Yeah. <laughs> so Anna's terrible boyfriend calls her and he's like, we're not on a break. I'm sending the PJ. Yeah. He says multiple times, like, I'm not, I, I won't accept this. Or like sure. something along those lines. I'm like, that's not how breakups work, my guy. <laughs> Nick, in my brain, was like Mr. Peanut. Where he's wearing <laughs> a top hat and a monocle. And he's like, I simply won't accept this. Yeah, that that's that feels reasonable. Here's my private jet. Yeah, so he is like, the PJ will arrive tomorrow morning. You better be on it, basically. Anna is about to go. She writes notes to everyone saying goodbye. But as she's leaving, she, <laughs> she's she been avoiding opening this letter from her stepmother. stepmother mm-hmm. And it she leaves it behind in the room. The wind blows it out of the window in front of her. So, uh, yeah, so she's trying to leave and hears this letter on, this, on a snowbank in front of her. And she's like, yes, I better read it. She gets some closure with her stepmom, who she had been upset with for getting remarried. But throughout the book, she's talking about her stepmom and how much she misses all the Hanukkah traditions they used to do. So she gets some nice closure with that and is like, I can call my stepmom now. She doesn't in the book. Yeah. We assume she does later. Yeah. But she's like, she like starts to kind of heal from that. It sort of wakes her up to be like, Wait, this isn't what I want. I don't want to go back to Nick. I want to stay here. And so she decides to stay and help out with the holiday hoopla, which, which I guess is the next day or something, or like two days later or something. It's imminent. It's <laughs> she's She needs to help set design. As she's at the theater or whatever place they're having this at, Nick shows up. Surprise, the PJ had him on it. Surprise, surprise. And... He proposes to her with, <laughs> with, and I'm picturing this happening. I know this isn't like how it happened, but I'm picturing it happening like in the alley outside of the theater. <laughs> like I know they were inside, but I just like, for some reason, that he, was what my brain did. That's so funny. He proposes to her and she's like, wait, 
that's not the ring I found in your suitcase. And he's like, oh, that was for my girlfriend last year. (laughs) He's like, I was going to propose to her last Christmas, but then we broke up. So I was packing that ring so that I could take it home and exchange it for this one for you. What? Yeah. And so Anna's like, well, obviously I'm not going to marry you. And then Nick is like, well, can you just say yes and pretend so that my ex will see it in the fucking society papers and feel (laughs) jealous? And Anna's like, you need help. Goodbye. (laughs) I met this other man, actually, and I like him more. Yeah. And surprise, surprise, the other man, Josh, hears her say this from the other room and is like, let's go on a date. They for some reason, just have access to not just the kitchen at the inn to use whenever they want, but also to an Italian restaurant. This town does not exist on money or logic. Yeah, because it's like the Italian restaurant that they're using for the movie, but apparently Josh is just allowed to go in this restaurant's kitchen and cook. And it's fully stocked. With everything he needs. So to make not Italian food. Exactly. He makes, like, a bunch of, like, Hanukkah food. <laughs> Whatever. It's nice to be a movie star. Nice to be a movie star. So they they go on their date where he makes her dinner. Meanwhile, Saima tries to run away. <laughs> and so because she's like, I have to go to my fiancé or whatever because she's freaking the fuck out. Saif and Mariam were, like, going to chase after her because they thought that she was going to the airport. So they were going to walk 10 miles to the airport? They were going to walk 10 miles? In the snow? At night? I don't know. But then somewhat, they get intercepted by the innkeepers who are being driven in a a snowplow. (laughs) And they're like, no, she's She's at the the mosque. mosque. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So that happens. They like make up, and this is what this is when Saima is like, I did this for you. And Mariam is like, Why? Yeah, she like tells her off, which I was like, Good for you. This that's fucked up. Yeah. And Saima's like, Oops. Mariam and Anna start plotting to fly in Saima's fiance because safe, we just found out his brother has access to like a plane chartering company. Which yeah. I'm like, why didn't you think of that sooner? But Safe is not close with his family. So, like, that's the explanation. So they start plotting to fly in. Simon's fiance. They have the hoopla play, which honestly sounds terrible. It sounds awful. I'm sorry, Mariam. Yeah. Which, like, it. I thought at first I kind of thought maybe it was for children. It's not. Anyway. Then they have the wedding. Happy ever after. <laughs> Safe and Mariam officially get together. Oh, yeah. And already start planning their wedding. Right. Josh and Anna get together. Anna gets a job working or on movie sets. A job offer. A job it's not offer. Like a, so they were like planning to do long distance LA, Denver, like, but then this woman who sees the holiday hoopla set. Yeah, is like, wow, come work for me in LA. And so Anna, that might work out. Yeah. Happy ever after. Happy ever after. Um, we never see them leave. No, they might still be there to this day. <laughs> they 20, live- 23 years later, <laughs> they live in Snowfall. They haven't aged a bit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Overlook Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Um, no, you know what? We keep joking about this because it's ridiculous, but I had a hell of a time reading this book. It was super fun. It was fun. It was cozy. It was extremely G-rated. Yes, by extremely the way. G. Very closed door. The, uh, the closed, locked, fucking tight door. Nobody has sex at all. Well, we. There is an illusion. I just thought they made out. But then in the next, so Josh and Anna are in her someone's hotel room i guess hers maybe his i don't remember i hope his his was nicer yeah and they like make some joke about having to kill time cut to black and then the next paragraph starts with after anna gets dressed and i was like okay so somebody kind of maybe canoodled perhaps maybe or she just changed clothes i don't know so this is probably the most closed of the this is closed doors that we've read. Yeah, I I would let my little cousin read this book. Yeah, locked up fucking tight. Yeah. But 
but I really had a fun time reading it. It it really this one we say this about a lot of books, but this one really is just candy. Yes, this is very candy. Yeah, I mean, there's some you know, like we said, we learned a lot, right? Which is great. Yeah, and there were some you know, like Anna grieving her dad, and like just like a lot of the inter family interactions and stuff. So it wasn't like surface level candy. But it was like shenanigans candy. It was, there's a sweater, sh- like there's a sweater shop. That only sells Christmas sweaters. There, like, I, I, what is the economy of this town like? Don't know. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. But yeah, I, it, was it my favorite book? No. But I, but I really had a good time. This one started off pretty strong for me and I think it devolved a little bit as I was like. Yeah. Nothing's really happening. Mm-hmm. It's getting a little like chaotic, and I've got I'm I'm ending up with more questions than I'm getting answers. For. Yeah, and there were a lot. It started to get to a point where there were a lot of names, like of the different shopkeepers and different like people involved with the movie. That I got a little like, wait, who is Sarah again or whatever? Mm-hmm. Which I I always kind of struggle with that because I'm not great with names in in books, but. But it, it got a little confusing for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, it was a fun. I really liked the premise. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a great idea. Um, I like reading a Christmas book that's not a I – like, I like having a, a Christmas read that is not solely about Christmas. Right. Yeah. Um, I would love to read this again with the perspective of it being Hotel California. <laughs> Reread it as a horror novel. As like the innkeepers being, which they're like this lesbian couple from Australia. Yeah. Of them being just like. Yeah. Demons. Yeah. <laughs> trapping these stranded travelers despite. They they were able to bus in, but they can't leave. I I don't know. I don't know. I, I just feel like it's one that you can't look at too hard. They should have set this in Texas where a freak snowstorm really would grind this city to a halt. Yeah, that's true. I'm not ready to read a fictionalized version of one of the worst weeks of our lives. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, truly. Check on us this winter, please. Yep. Come January and February. Make sure we're okay. Anyway, but yeah, I liked it. Yeah, this was a fun one. Good one. Good one to end the year on. Yes. This is our final episode of 2024. Yeah, of 2023. Fuck. <laughs> you're, a year, you're a year ahead. Our brains are not working this morning. It's fucking 9 a.m. on a Monday. But yeah, what um, are you reading right now or what are you going to pick up next? Because I'm sure you barely finished this in time to record, as I did. <laughs> I finished this one at, you know, I did last night. I fell asleep on the couch at like 9 o'clock as I like hit a wall with my freelance project. Fell asleep for two hours. Went upstairs to finish this at 12.30 and then didn't fall back asleep till 2.30 because my worst habit is taking a late nap on the couch. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I did just barely finish this. I have this book in my queue though. I think I, maybe I need a romance break. I don't know because I do love a holiday romance. So maybe I'll pick up Wreck the Halls from Tessa Bailey um, or something else. I still have the stack you gave me last year. So I mm-hmm. might flip through that. You should read that really bad YA one. Oh yeah, I should. You'll finish it in like an hour. I'll take it on the plane. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, you won't even, I wouldn't even recommend like reading, reading it. Just, just like do a little flip through. Ooh. All right. Perfect. Because it's really bad. <laughs> plus it's small, so I can take it on the plane. Yeah, exactly. It's like 150 pages or something like that. It's, it's horrible, but it's very funny. But I got this book from the library because I heard them talking about it on NPR. And it's called Whale Fall by Daniel Krause. Mm. And it's about a guy who gets swallowed by a whale. Oh, fun. And it's like the the it was Aisha Roscoe who was interviewing him. And she was talking about how she really likes horror novels. And this one isn't really like a horror novel, but it's definitely suspenseful. Mm. And it's kind of about grief. But yeah, he gets swallowed by a whale. And it's about it's a scuba diver and he gets swallowed by a whale. And his dad was a scuba diver. And so it sounds really interesting. So I got off the wait list for it. So I have that in my Kindle right now. So I might pick that up um, because I think maybe I need a little bit of a romance palette cleanser. And of course, I am still chipping away at uh, where are your boys tonight? Because I've I found that oral histories are kind of harder for me to read of. I mean, same thing with like names. It's Mm -hmm. like a lot of people to keep up with. Now I'm getting into the eras, though, where I do know everybody. Right. So that makes it a lot easier. Like I'm on. 
like Pete Wentz has shown up. So right. That's made it a lot easier. It's really, really good. I really am enjoying it. It's just like taking me a while to get through because it's one I have to like sit down and like really focus for. Right, right. Yeah, it's not one you can really like skim in any capacity. No, not at all. There's a lot of people, but it's really, really good. I really like it so far. I'm enjoying reading it. It's just I know it's going to be one of those that like takes me a while. Yeah. You talking about the whale book. Say the name of it again. Whale Fall. Whale Fall. Okay. You talking about the whale book made me think that I recently listened to Shark Heart by Emily Habeck. Habeck? I'm not super sure. But that's – it was a book of the month that I didn't get. And I don't remember why. But then I started seeing a bunch of like really positive uh, reviews of it. And I'm in a few like book of the month uh, Facebook groups. Mm -hmm. And like a bunch of people were like, oh my god, this like book – so I got I like got on the library waitlist for it and I listened to the audiobook and it's about this it's like magical realism mm-hmm. but very I wouldn't say very lightly so but there's just like one part of it that's magical realism which is that in this version of the world there are like diseases where people turn into animals like like the- they're like genetic mutations Isn't that like what the lobster was about? I never I never saw it either. Yeah, I read the Wikipedia I never saw page. But it's basically like they live in this world where like you can get diagnosed with like a reptilian mutation where you're slowly going to turn into a lizard or whatever, which sounds really stupid when oh, I say it. But like, well, whatever. So this it's this story where this guy, it's this married couple and the man is diagnosed with a great white shark mutation, which is apparently like the rarest and worst one and like super dangerous, obviously. Mm for like the caretaker of the person and so it's kind of it's like kind of this it's a story about how love perseveres honestly (laughs) like which sounds which sounds fucking lame does somebody fall in love with a shark well they're already they're already married and so after they're married he starts to turn into a shark and like she's like is this like an allegory for like alzheimer's perhaps I don't know. It was it was really lovely. It was fucking so weird. But it, I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Interesting. But other than that, I'm also – I'm not really taking a romance break, but I'm trying to, like, break it up a bit. So Diversify. I'm listening – Yeah, I'm listening to a thriller. I'm listening to The Writing Retreat by Julia Bartz, which I've read a lot of – I've read a handful of Andrea Bartz's thrillers. So this is her sister, I think. Yeah, it's her sister. But then I'm also reading The Christmas Wager, which is one of the ones that we talked about on our mm. ones we were looking forward to. It's the one where the woman from L.A. goes to this small town and they participate in this like series oh my God. of games. Have you started it? Yeah, I started it actually before I started Three Holidays. Mm. And then I realized I wasn't going to finish it in time. So I paused it and started Three Holidays. And so I picked it back up again this morning before you came over. And I'm like really confused now because the small town is like another small Christmas town (laughs) that's super similar to Snowfalls. And Mm. I feel a little disoriented. So I think I might have to take a break from it. Yeah. But it's it's fun. Reorient yourself in the Christmas towns. Exactly. It's 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 fun. I was enjoying it when I was reading it before, mm-hmm. but picking it up this morning was very confusing for me. So I think I'm going to give it like a day and yeah. then try again. That's fair. That's yeah. totally fair. Yeah, cuz I like finished 3 holidays last night at like 11, immediately went to sleep, woke up and started reading this book, and so I'm like unmoored. <laughs> A different hotel, California. Exactly, exactly. I feel a little. I feel like I dreamed some of it. Yeah. Anyway, but our our next book, I think we mentioned in the last episode. Our next book is the Rewind by Allison Wynn Scotch, and it's a it's a, a New Year's book. Yeah, we didn't do a New Year's book last year because we took a little break. We're not taking a little break last year. No breaks here. We lost a lot of you last year. So. Yeah. Stay, stay here. Stay, stay. Yeah. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> no, we're not going anywhere. Yeah. We, we tried to give ourselves a break last year, which was helpful, but we're not doing it this year. Yeah, I think we're in a better cadence this year, too, so I don't feel the need for a break as much. No. I think I, we've got the schedule down. Yes. We're we're doing great. Yeah. Despite what it may sound like. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're just a little chaotic today. We're a, li- we're a little chaotic. Yeah. Which is perfect, because this book was chaos, so you get yeah chaos from us, chaos from the book. But yeah, we're going to do the rewind and then and then fairly soon after that we're going to do a roundup of 
some of our favorite books from from this year. Mm-hmm. So we'll see you next year. <laughs> Happy holidays, everybody. Yep. I hope you get rot week next week. I Ugh. hope everyone gets rot week where you don't have to put clothes on. Katie and I are going to see four movies, apparently. <laughs> well, I learned that one of them won't come out until after. Okay, so, three so we're at least going to see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least <All> right. three. <laughs> Happy holidays, y'all. Happy holidays. <laughs>